The following is a handcrafted, finely aged encore presentation of car talk. You forgot vine ripened. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public well, Radio. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> With us, Click and Collect the Tappet Brothers, and we're broadcasting this week from the Department of Sweeping Generalizations. <laughs> we have been at this department many, many times. times. And, you know, I think that there's a certain wonderfulness about sweeping generalizations, and this is one of them. Well, you know what? They, 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 they're so all-encompassing that they, yeah. they, they, remove the, they remove you from the thought process. Exactly. And, yes. and my, as my wife keeps saying to me, your thinking is too simplistic. Yeah. You know, what, what does she mean by that? Well, that's a nice way of saying it. You're a <laughs> dummy. dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what is anyway, the anyway, th generalization this, that you have for us? This item came to us from Automotive News. Here's the headline. Dealers fume over plaid ads. Yeah. Seems that car dealers in the Denver area are up in arms over a new series of uh, TV ads. The ads are for Auto Nation. You know, Auto Nation is one of those automotive superstores. Yeah. And uh, they claim they have low-key, non-haggling salespeople. Well, Auto Nation's ads apparently feature a grossly unfair, in the, in the estimation of the other dealers in the Denver area, <laughs> stereotype. Two fictitious, high-pressure car salesmen. You ready for this? In plaid suits. <laughs> suits. Not just plaid <laughs> pants. Entire suits. I mean, what if you're going to do a sweeping generalization... You've got to exaggerate well, a little bit. Well, we just wanted to say that we think it's very presumptuous to make that kind of a sweeping generalization, to assume that all car salesmen are a high-pressure kind of people, yeah. and they dress up in silly-looking plaid suits. Yeah. No, no, we know for a fact that it's mostly just plaid pants that they wear, <laughs> not the whole suit. I've never seen anyone in the whole suit. It's mostly <laughs> never, just the pants. I never it? have, and I think the Denver <laughs> automobile dealers have every right to be up in arms. I think so, too. I do. <laughs> If you're up in arms about anything that we've said, or you want to be up in arms, you can call us at one eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight double eight double two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on. This is Michelle from Fairbanks, Alaska. Hi, Michelle. Michelle, is it spring yet? Is it spring? It's, it's summer. It's sunny twenty four hours a day. Yeah, this is it. Oh this, yeah, this is, this is when it happens. Twenty four hours a day. Getting much shut eye, are we? <laughs> No, we don't sleep in summertime. We just stay awake all night. And why would you want to? I mean, better you can hibernate in the winter. Yeah. So you have to concentrate all your fun uh -huh. into a few weeks of the year. So during which time is, like, everyone on vacation? Of course. No, not really. Everyone, of course, is working as normal. But when we get off work, we play, play, play. Well, sure. I mean, and it doesn't really matter when you go to work because it's daylight all the time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you just throw away the clocks. That's right. Cool. So it what's up? Well, I have a 900 series turbo Saab, and it's a 1984. Mm -hmm. And when you drive it, it, you know, it starts just fine, and then you drive it, and the engine gets really hot, and then you stop the car, and then it won't start again while the engine's hot, and you have to wait two hours for the engine to get totally cold, and then it'll start right up. Of course, in the winter, you don't have to wait two hours. You just wait two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I should tell you what I already did. When, yeah. it, when it won't start, it cranks. <clears throat> And it try, doesn't, no. It does no. nothing? It does nothing. It doesn't even, it doesn't do anything. No sound at all. And then oh. as soon as it's cool. So then I call my dad, who's sort of a, you know, closet mechanic, and he said, change the coil, because the coil spring is getting all tired when it's hot or whatever. Okay. And now, coils, as, as usual, father's and, advice. Coil springs in your mattress. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I changed the coil, because that was, you know, you don't have to tell us. But you, but, 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 <laughs> Wait a minute. You said that when you turned the key, nothing happened. Well, it kind of goes click, 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 click. But it, oh, does, it, it does. It doesn't go. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, well what's I happening mean... is the starter is not engaging. Either you have a faulty starter motor, or you have a bad battery, or you have a bad alternator, and the and the alternator is not charging up the battery. But I'd have to I'd have to go with the starter motor. Exactly. And you know why? Why? Because it starts when it's cold. 
And furthermore, after cooling off for two hours, it starts, which it tells starts me again. the battery, if it were bad, would not get self-rejuvenated in two hours. But what would happen in those two hours is that the starter motor would cool off. Uh-huh. And as we know from oh, seventh don't, grade... Don't go too far. Oh, no. Out. This is seventh grade science class. Uh-oh. <laughs> you took this course? Well, I did. I took it as a freshman <laughs> in college. When... When things heat up, the resistance goes up. That's simple. Uh-huh. And that's what's happening to the starter. Uh. It heats up, the resistance of the windings goes up, and it makes it harder for it to turn because you need a starter. I would bet my my, my reputation on it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. As, oh, okay. So for, is, is this a stick shift car? Yeah. You could, if, if, if you may only have tried there were hills in Alaska. Well, the next time you, you know it's not going to start, seek out a hill of some uh -oh. kind, <laughs> even a driveway that's inclined. And I'm willing to bet if you put the thing in gear and turn the key on and coast it down the driveway and pop the clutch, it would start right up. Oh, okay. So you could, you, that's one remedy. You, oh. you could just not do the starter and look for a hill every time. Or a moose. <laughs> <laughs> Moose to pull the thing. But, I, pull, yeah. but I think you need a new starter motor, Michelle. Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much. Good luck, Michelle, See and ya. happy summering to you. Okay. Don't bye get bye. don't get sunburned. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. One eight 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 car talk. That's eight double eight double two seven eighty two double five. Hello, you're. Hi, this is Cole from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Cole, as in Cole Porter. Exactly. Wow. Anyway, what's uh, what's happening, man? Well, I have a 89 Volkswagen Golf, and uh, mm -hmm. I picked it up about a month ago. What do you mean you picked it up? You bought it used. Oh, you got bought it. it. Yeah, I got it used. Oh, I, I, it was not a, a, a silly question, because Bugsy Lawler has a 65 Corvette or something, and he keeps telling us he's going to pick it up any day. Oh, I see. I see. see. Bugsy's is going to is in the shop. And it's waiting to be fixed. I thought yours might be in the right, shop. He's waiting for the, the guy who's working on it to come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> or to come back from the vacation he went on. Yeah. All right, so you bought it. I bought it, yeah. Okay. And? And uh, it's in really good shape. The weird thing is when I turn the heat on, this dry kind of dust mist cloud comes out of the vent. Oh, And really? it kind of smells like maple syrup. That's too bad. Is that, is that really bad news, huh? <laughs> no, my brother's just mooing. Oh. He's waiting for the for the farmer to come out and milk him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get milked when you go to get this fixed, unless... No, there's no unless. Uh, well, I don't know about this. Come on. This car originally, and it may never have had it done, was, I believe, the subject of a recall. Oh, no. Oh. By Volkswagen for a faulty heater core. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, it may be that it's uh, beyond the eligibility period, but maybe not. And, and in fact, if it never was done because the previous owner didn't get notification, right. then you might be eligible. I, I, I would try to argue a strong case. I'm going to. Well, you know, I was wondering, my, my wife and I kind of joked around, well, we shouldn't be breathing this, should we? <laughs> yeah. I guess we shouldn't. Well, no, you shouldn't. So don't get in the car anymore if you don't have well, to. I, well, I mean, it's, it's, the... it's, not, it's not poisonous uh, in small quantities. Right. You'd have to ingest quite a bit of it. But I don't think breathing it on a daily basis is any good for you. And if you want to know what happens if you really breathe a lot of it in, listen just to my keep brother. listening to my brother. <laughs> well, I just quit using the heater. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's leaking. It's still leaking It's anyway. leaking all the time, but it's worse when the heat's on. Oh. But get, get it fixed, whether you have to pay or not. So I just call a VW dealer and ask them if the, if it qualifies. Give them your VIN, right? And uh, tell them that you, you you know you need a heater core and you want to know if it's still uh, you're still eligible. When they stop laughing, you can ask them. You <laughs> yeah. can ask them how much it costs. Yeah. Tell them it's only been twelve years. <laughs> I've been out of the country. That's it. I've been out of the country and I just opened my mail, and I got this eleven-year-old yeah. recall notice here. Try telling the truth; it might work. <laughs> See you, call. Oh, thanks a lot. All righty, okay, bye, bye bye. Bye bye. One eight 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 car talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eighty two fifty five. Hello, you're on. Hi, this is Aaron calling from Palo Alto, California. Hi, Aaron. Aaron. Yes. Are you one of those uh, dot com type people? No, I'm a chemist, actually. I'm a the chemist. Wow. Yeah. What's the formula for aluminum carbonate? ALCO3 or AL2CO3? You're putting her on or the spot. Or ALCO32, AL2CO32. 
I think it's Al2CO3. Well, that's what I thought, too. That's... I got some nasty mail when I said that. Well, it's, uh, that's if aluminum is plus two. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it only works if aluminum is plus two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Ph.D. in chemistry? No. Well, magnesium is plus two. and magnesium... Oh, now we're changing the subject. We're on magnesium. <laughs> what happened to aluminum? It's, and then it's MG. Well, it's probably. She's going from the periodic table, man. Back to basics. <laughs> Yeah, but aluminum can be different pluses, you know? Yes, I know it can. I like the sound of Al2CO3. Don't you? Well, it's happened always... again. You've blown <laughs> off another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Well, I, I always I always went with the sound. That's why I flunked that course. <laughs> yeah, whatever sounds If it good. sounded right. Yeah, right. right. You, have to go, you have to go with what sounds right. Yeah. Oh, you do. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up? Well, see, this all stems back to the fact that my husband taught me how to drive standard. I just want you to know that we have a clock here in the studio. Three minutes has gone by. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned cars yet. <laughs> uh, and I need to learn how to drive again. <laughs> so, so well, who was it? Your husband my taught husband you My to... husband taught me how to drive manual. Yeah. And so I was recently in the car with my friend, John, and he said, no, 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 this is how you drive manual. And so... What Mark mm. does is, my husband Mark, he always gears down when he's slowing down, you know, mm. to use the engine to slow the car. Yeah. And my friend John shifts the car into neutral, slows the car down, puts on the brake, and then when he's stopping, or when he's stopped already, he puts the car into first so that he can start again. Great! But my husband Mark says, no, 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 that's really dangerous because the car is not in gear. Do you know, get this. They are both wrong. Then do I have to take new lessons to learn how to drive? No, just do what your husband says. Right. And Submission and, is... And forget what your boyfriend says. <laughs> Submission. Didn't you read that book? <laughs> Come on. Right. Whatever your husband says is, by, is de facto no, no, the no. way to do it. No, it's the other way around. See, so you say, yes, dear, yes, dear, and then you research it yourself. No, you, you, know, you rub the you wrong want. intonation. Oh, it's, oh. yes, dear. <laughs> yeah. Yes, dear. So you want to really know the answer. Yes. Well, they're both wrong is the answer, but your husband is less wrong than your boyfriend. He's not, not my boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> no, it's not your boyfriend. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I've got an evil mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the guy who says throw it into neutral, come to a coast, uh, and then stop, and then throw it in first, he's got it. He's really wacko. When you're stopped, he's you should, everything he's doing. When is you're wrong. completely stopped, you should be in neutral with your foot off the clutch. Only when you are ready to go should you step in the clutch and shift into first. Okay, but what my husband says is that let's say you get rear-ended and you're at a stop. You're at yes. a, like a stoplight. You get rear-ended and your airbags blow and you become unconscious. Yeah. And you can't control the car. Then if the car is in neutral, the car is just going to keep going. At least if it's in first, the car will stall and, you know. Oh, you'll stop. probably be dead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Did you see that movie? Where they're contemplating jumping off the cliff into the raging rapids below. And yeah, yeah. Sundance Kid says, I can't swim. And Butch says, what are you kidding? The fall is going to kill you. <laughs> so why, so, why yeah. is that the correct thing to do? Because you don't want to, in order to be in, in, order to be in anything but neutral, you would either have to turn the engine off, which you're not going to do, or have your foot constantly on the clutch pedal, which, if nothing else, will cause you to get a monstrous left leg. <laughs> and my brother's developed this peculiar limp from driving his MG where he favors his left leg because it's twice the size of his right leg. <laughs> no, and you'll wear, out the, you'll wear out the clutch release bearing in spite of what engineers have written us to the contrary. Yeah. Mechanical parts wear out when they're used. I don't care if the thing was designed to last 5 million miles. If you keep your foot on the pedal, the part will wear out faster than it will if your foot's off the pedal. So then what is the correct way to slow down? The correct way to slow down is to leave it in gear uh-huh. and slow down by stepping on the brake. And not to gear down. And if you're, if you're in a high gear and you want to slow down quickly, you can use the engine to slow you down too. By downshifting, as Mark, your husband, said. 
Right. But mm-hmm. if you if you if you downshift solely for the purpose of slowing down, then you in fact will wear out the clutch very fast, and the clutch is not is ill designed to slow the car down. The brakes are really there to slow the car down. So you can use both, but you should rely primarily, unless you're in a situation where you've been going way too fast and you need to slow down in a hurry. You should rely primarily on the brakes to slow the car down, but you should always leave the car in gear when you're slowing down and never take it out of gear until you stopped. So your husband is far more right than John. <laughs> than your boyfriend. Than your right. boyfriend, John. <laughs> well, good, because I have to go back to him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> see see, Aaron. All right. Good luck. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right, uh, it's time for us to take a little break. Yeah, I mean, your voice sounds a little tired. Would you like a nice throat lozenge? As a matter of fact, I would. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. Well, why are you carrying around throat lozenges? I'm not. I found that one stuck to the underside of my chair. <laughs> must have been Scott Simons. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> well, stay tuned because we'll be back with more of your calls in a minute. Always had a thing for a fast engine. The kind to take me where I want to go. When I first met you, I said, let's see what you can do. But your RPMs were set too low. Since I was sweet 16, I've loved this Mustang. It's got all that it takes under the hood. You never were my speed. You lack the horsepower that I need. I'll find a gear that makes me feel good. Now I've got the keys to my daddy's yellow Mustang. A tape of Janice singing in the blues. I got the pedal to the floor. You won't see me anymore. I'm putting distance between me and you. And even though earplug stocks go through the roof whenever Wall Street hears us say it, This is NPR National Public Radio. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about what? Cars, car repair, but not the answer to last week's puzzler. The puzzler is off this week. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, I doubled my efforts to remember it this week. Oh, really? It's like, so two times zero is what? Ah, good point. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll have the answer for you next week, and if you didn't hear the puzzler or need to refresh your memory, I'll describe it again in the third half of the show today. Yeah, so don't go mulch your begonias right now. (laughs) (laughs) I beg your pardon. In the meantime, if you want to talk about your car, the number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Yeah, hello, guys. This is Vic from Virginia Beach, Virginia. So what's going on, Vic? Well, uh, about seven, eight months ago, I bought a 1997 Jeep Cherokee at a GSA government auction. Was it covered in cosmoline? No, no. Uh, was it in a box in pieces? No, actually, it was oh. It was in excellent shape. I mean, it was like, a, you know, showroom new on the outside. It had about 60,000 miles on it. Yeah. But, you know, every time I back up and turn slowly or go forward and turn slowly, I get this squealing sound. It almost sounds like a seal. <laughs> and I cannot figure out what it is because when I'm going straight... Well, when I'm going in at regular speeds, I don't hear it. How sharp a turn does it have to be? Uh, well, just when I go into any turn, and it's only when I'm moving. So, you know, I was thinking maybe it was the power steering. And the noise is coming from the front. And it's coming from the front or the back. Good, that's <laughs> that good. narrows it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't the size. <laughs> I, if I had to say, I'd probably say it was probably coming back, probably more toward the rear. Really? What a yeah. lousy answer How that is. Unfortunate <laughs> for and, us. You know, and and like I said, it doesn't happen all the time. It's only about sixty percent of the time. And, you know, and it seems like you know, right after I depress the brakes and as soon as I release them, uh, and it's kind of like by my way of thinking, I'm visualizing these brake pads not completely releasing from the disc pad. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, this this first of all, this is a regular Cherokee and not a Grand. No, it's a regular Cherokee. Regular Cherokee, and it doesn't have disc brakes in the back. It has drums. Is that what it is? I believe so. Yeah. And you don't have to be stepping on the brake to hear the sound. No. Is that correct? But stepping on it can make it go away. Well, well he didn't say that. He did I'm, not say that. I'm trying to plant the seed. <laughs> Vic, yeah. Vic, Vic, listen. 
calm yourself. The queen of diamonds. Yes. <laughs> you are falling into a deep sleep. You're feeling very relaxed. Stepping on the brake can make the noise go away, can't it, Vic? Uh, not necessarily, because I'm always going so slow. <laughs> Didn't work again. No, not working. But, yeah. so, you know, e so even whether you step on the brake or not, it either is there or not. Right. Is this four-wheel drive? Yes, it is. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. That means something? We don't know. <laughs> well, it could mean something. I mean, it, it, at first blush, it seems like it has to be, a if it's coming from the back, there ain't there ain't much in the back. There's Vic. nothing uh -huh. back there. I mean, what's back there is the uh, the differential assembly, mm -hmm. and it's the, not the that two axles, the it's drums and the brakes, uh -huh. and the exhaust system, and obviously the suspension components. But I'm going to rule them out. All of them. I'm going to rule all of that out. And you just said there's nothing else after that. Back so there. it's going to be the rear window wiper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I don't think it's coming from the back. I don't think it is either. I, I think you're lying to us, Victor. <laughs> It can't be the back. Well, these things have in the front suspension, they have a funny piece. I, I, I think it's called a panard rod that runs from the chassis to the front differential. And that thing loosens up, and that can make the noise that you have. But And that would be but, almost in the middle. But it would have to come from the front. <laughs> so if, if you could be persuaded. Or if you could somehow get someone to stand Hang outside the window with his head down at the level of the ground. Yeah. Do you have any really good friends? Well, I've been trying to do this with my wife, but you know, as I said, when I'm doing all these crazy turns in parking lots, sometimes she just gets out of the car and walks home. Well, uh, let her drive her. and you hang out the window. Here's what you do: instead of hanging with the, instead of driving, having your wife drive and you hanging your head out the window, uh, that can't be dangerous. No. Uh, it's easy to hit. That. You you let me do it all the time. So I said it could be dangerous. <laughs> I would do the parking lot thing with your wife driving, and you would stand outside the vehicle and make her make the turn as she approaches you. And I think it'll be pretty obvious that it's coming from the front. Goodbye, Vic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be coming from the back. It only works if it's coming from the front. Well, I, I mean, it could be coming from the back, but I, I don't no. buy it. I don't, I don't either. Okay. See you, Vic. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. Wow, that was tough. Oh, one. Why one, can't we convince people? Hey, I. You know why? We're losing our credibility. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's that stump the chumps that's doing it. Yeah, from, we got to start rigging stump the chumps. You got to have everyone say, "Oh, you're right. <laughs> you guys are geniuses." <laughs> yeah, because people are getting defiant now. Is it's coming from the back? No, no, it isn't. it's not. The guys, he he wouldn't. He was. He wouldn't. Intractable there. Yeah. No. Yeah, we should have hung up on him. Oh, uh, one eight eight. <laughs> That's another approach. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't let us do that either. They took all the controls out of here. <laughs> no, no sharp we, objects. We could leave. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not answering this one. We're getting. That's come on. Let's get out of here. Taking all the sharp implements out of the room. It's no fun anymore. One eight 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 car talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello. Hey, this is Aaron from Austin, Texas. Aaron with two A's. You, with two ways, yeah. Oh, just checking. The King James version. The King James, James version from and, Austin, Texas. And not the King version. The King had one A. The King. Elvis no. Aaron Presley with one A. I don't understand why. Misspelling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Aaron, what's what's going on? I have a uh, a 2000 Impala, Chevy Impala, and it's a taxi cab. Really? Oh, you drive yeah. a cab? I do. Good man. Yeah. Anyway, this Impala usually runs beautifully. It's brand new, so it's only got about 30,000 miles on it. Mm -hmm. Until I got it back from my night driver a couple of weeks ago, and he said there's a problem. It has no passing power. So I mm -hmm. took it out and drove it, and sure enough, when I would romp on the gas, instead of taking off like a champ, it uh, took off like it was towing a trailer full of bricks. <laughs> it, okay. It um, makes a, a funny little noise when you push the gas down, and it shifts. I'm going to tell you the sound it makes. Yeah. Oh, okay. it makes a sound like air escaping from a balloon. You ever take a balloon and, and it's, pinch the... Actually, it's not like that. Nope, nope, no. that's not it. It makes a sound like this. Yeah, exactly, like you, you made too many banana daiquiris and your blender is burned out. That would be pinging, which would suggest that the wrong octane fuel was in there. 
What do you use for gas? I put, I put beautiful gas in it. How beautiful is it? I, I, <laughs> is it more beautiful than always, me? <laughs> it's always fancy name brand. It's it's always Texaco or Chevron or something. And uh, ninety three octane. Ninety three, yeah. What the heck are you burning that stuff for? <laughs> well, because I was putting eighty nine in it, and I thought I heard ping, so I put ninety three. Didn't help. Really? So it sounds like a bunch of marbles rattling inside a coffee can. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So it is pinging. Yeah, but it's but very, why? very faint. But why? Is the check engine light on? Yes. Oh, oh but it goes off sometimes. Aaron. Oh no, that that's the whole problem. You gotta tell us these things. You you have. <laughs> I'm gonna guess you have a bad crank angle sensor. Crank angle sensor. Yeah, that's my guess. And what? Because this thing is fuel injected and electronically controlled. You have different sensors on the engine, which are telling the computer when to shoot in the gas, and more importantly, to when to the timing. fire the spark plugs. Aha! Uh -huh. And if any of those sensors are sending the wrong information to the computer, what will result is pinging and low power, black smoke, poor mileage, and Noises. the check engine light will come on. <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's great because it's that means it's not the transmission. No. Oh, and the night the driver had told the cab owner that it was the transmission, and I contended that it was not. Oh, the you don't own the cab? No. What do you care? <laughs> well, I because I gotta save face. Oh, I see. I oh. told the owner that it wasn't the transmission, but he doesn't believe that I'm very mechanically inclined. Oh, but if oh, I so tell him I think it's the crank angle sensor, he's gonna think I'm a genius, and I'll never have to play lease again, probably. That's oh. right. You won't have to drive the night shift anymore. <laughs> Good luck, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Guys. All right. Hope we're right. All right. Me too. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah. He hopes we're right yeah, more, especially than, more than we do. <laughs> we don't really care. <laughs> One eight 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 car. Talk that's what if we were getting paid on the basis of right answers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be sad? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we'd be we'd we'd be we'd have the next cardboard box next to what's one what of the two guys in uh... <laughs> what grilling squirrels under a bridge? <laughs> roasting, <laughs> roasting squirrels <laughs> under a bridge, right? One eight eight eight. Oh, thank God for America. One eight eight eight. Car talk. It's eight eight eight. Imagine how well we do in Italy. Two two. They don't care about anything over there. My son recently flew to Italy for for a high school trip. Yeah. They flew Alitalia Airlines. He said the plane takes off. Everyone's strapped in his seat. As soon as it leaves the runway. Everyone breaks into applause. <laughs> so thrilled that they're not dead. <laughs> they're actually off the ground. As soon as it made it off the ground, everyone started cheering, <laughs> clapping. Yay! Fantastic! We're not dead. And then <laughs> he said as soon as the plane even came close to leveling off, and in spite of the seatbelt sign being on, Everyone is out of his seat, <laughs> running around trading chickens with the guy. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, and they're they're cowboys. The the the. Yeah, well, they they guys, fly like they drive. They fly like they drive. Yeah. I mean, even when they're on the runway and they're going over to the gate, they're, they're speeding. Yeah. Well, these are the guys who lost their licenses. <laughs> they're hanging lefts and rights. Wings are bouncing off the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo. Well, anyway, yeah. So we, if if we fail here, we're heading right for the old country, the home of our ancestors. One eight 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 car talk. That's eight 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 two two seven. We're not dead. We're not dead. <laughs> or are we? <laughs> At least they were sure of it. They were happy, no matter yeah. what. Two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on car talk. Hi, this is Catherine from St. Paul, Minnesota. Say, oh, this is a tough one. This is a K, Catherine. You're right. Wow, that was right on the borderline. Nordic ancestry. Well, that's good, Tommy. You're good. You're good. St. <laughs> Paul. Yep. Do you know my friend Les Block? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Catherine, how, how can we help you today? Okay, I hate my car. Okay. It's a 91 Plymouth Acclaim. <laughs> Sorry, I hate my brother, but I'm <laughs> sticking with him. Well, I just got a new job, and after years of being a grad student, I was really looking forward to getting a new car, but now I don't know if it's such a good idea. And here's why. On yeah. my second day of work a couple of weeks ago, I was pulling into the parking lot when I noticed that the car ahead of me wasn't moving. So I stepped on the brakes, but no brakes. The road was covered with ice. I slam into the other car. I jump out, and I'm thinking, gee, that guy looks familiar. And then I realized why. He's, he's the your president. boss. Well, no, he's my boss. Oh, even boss. worse, the president of the company. You yeah. hit George W.? <laughs> oh, oh, that president, the president of the company. No, my division president, yeah. All right. 
do I get a new car or not? Because if I'm axed, I won't be able to make the payments. But if I have a new car, maybe he won't recognize me. Oh, no. I, I think if you buy a new car, you're going to tick him off. Uh. How did he take it? Well, he said... <laughs> in the behind. <laughs> he said his car was fine, but it's not. It has big black scratches on the back. So my other option is breaking into the underground executive parking lot and trying to buff. <laughs> so, so you put big scratches on the back of his car. What kind of a car was he driving? Uh, you know, I didn't... You know, take the time to notice. It's big, shiny, new silver, and apparently he uh, drove the same little rusty hatchback all through his vice presidency. And so finally, now that he's president, he bought a big, new, expensive car. Yeah, I, would, I would guess stock he, options. Uh, how old a guy did he look to be, like in his 50s? Oh, 40s. Yeah, so he's got he's driving a 740 IL. I would guess. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, black, that's the only color they come in. Silver. <laughs> silver? It's the only other color they come in. <laughs> So you're thinking of sneaking into the executive parking lot with a 100-foot extension cord <laughs> and, a, and a lamb's wool buffer. Yeah. Is that what I use? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I saw, I, if it's the right color, I just saw on late night TV, just last night, as a matter of fact, there I was awake at 2 a.m., and I see an ad for 1995, the stuff. Oh, scratch removal. <laughs> That we guarantee, and they, sh they were showing it. They take a key and they run it down the side of this million dollar car. <laughs> rubber key. <laughs> and they, you see this horrible scratch, and then they take out this magic stuff. I know who it was. It was turtle wax. It only comes, however, in seven colors. Ah, uh, does it come uh, in silver? Yes. All right, well. It, it comes no, in silver. It's worth a try. It's worth a try. No, no, I think this is a surefire way to get surefire way uh -huh. <laughs> so to, to get terminated. Get <laughs> uh, here's what I would do. Okay. I, I would uh, wait for the dust to settle a little bit. How long ago did this happen? Just a couple weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Was it dark? No, it was light. You sure, oh. he, rec you sure he recognized you? Oh, yeah. You, well, see, then I saw him in the hall later, and he said, oh, hi. Oh. Hi. Did you clean out your desk yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, yeah. here's what I would do. Did you, did you a, deliver those pizzas yet? I hope a, you're out of here in five minutes. It's a goodwill gesture. You, there are guys, uh, or <laughs> women, I suppose, who detail cars you know, yeah. on a remote basis. They have a little truck where they have all this stuff. I could give them a detailing gift certificate. There you go. And they, they could even come to the executive. So he doesn't even have to be inconvenienced. That's, they can come while geez. he's at work. My brother finally had a good idea. They can... Good they idea. can Buff out the scratches. They can clean the carpets. They can do all that stuff. Spiff up the car. This is your opportunity to really make points with this guy. Oh, yeah. You might, get, be... you might get a promotion. You will get a promotion. <laughs> you might get out of the basement. I mean, I can see a little note that says you really took it like a man, and I, I'm really pro I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But nonetheless, I feel this terrible guilt. And please accept this small $250. Oh, yeah. Make sure he knows how much it costs. But whatever it costs, Catherine. Gift. Do it. And I think you should tell him that you're going to do it. I don't think you should do it with, by surprising him. Oh, I should tell I him ahead should, of time? Yeah. I say, look, I'd like to have your car detailed. I have a, I have a guy who's worked extensively no, no. He'll, on, he'll, on, my, he'll... on my 91 acclaim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know he really knows what he's doing. <laughs> He'd love to work on your 7 Series BMW. He's never worked on one before. And he'd like to try to buff out a few little scratches, which I don't think I put in your car, but might have been there before I hit you. But nonetheless, I think in order to, uh, you know, yeah. ameliorate the situation. And then I could get my new car, too. That, yeah. And, and if, if, he, yeah. if he says, don't bother, you're fired, then you know not to get the car. <laughs> Good luck and call us when you're uh, delivering yeah. pizzas. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, bye. <laughs> All right, wow. All right, Tommy, look, it's time for us to take a short break. Yeah, I could use a break. I mean, I was ready for a break half an hour ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, so was the audience. <laughs> but they had to wait, too. All right, we'll be back with The Puzzler and more of your calls in a minute, so please stay tuned. I'm a driving fool, just making my way. Seem like all I ever get done moving down. Spending my life behind this wheel, huh? 
And even though lightning bugs start flashing SOS whenever they hear us say it, <laughs> this is NPR National Public Radio. Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the final puzzler of the season. Now, after this, the puzzler is off for the summer, huh? Yes. Yippee! <laughs> okay, so since this is the last puzzler for a while, you're going to give everyone an extra week to work on it. Exactly, yes. Exactly. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with you going away, like, for the holiday weekend. Thank you for clearing that up for everybody. So here's the puzzler once more. Are you ready? Yeah. Tommy decided after looking in the mirror one day that he needed some exercise and needed it right now. And since his bicycle had two flat tires, jogging was going to be it. So the next day at the crack of noon, he laces up his sneakers, his keds. You still have those keds? I have keds, yeah. (laughs) And he begins jogging right outside his front door. So he first runs on a level road, then he comes to a hill, which he runs to the top of. When he gets there, he turns around and runs back exactly the way he came. Hmm. Okay, now on the level, on level ground, Tommy can run at eight miles an hour. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Considering, yeah, I like it. Considering what he looks like. And <laughs> uphill, as you might expect, is slower, six miles an hour. And downhill, because he's got gravity working in his yeah, favor, yeah. 12 miles an hour. Upon his return home, and just before he collapses on the kitchen floor, (laughs) he notices that he had run for exactly two hours. And the question is, how far did he run? So you might you might want to ask me, uh, how how long is the hill? Yeah, how long is the hill? None of your business. (laughs) Uh, How long is the flat pot? Well, if I told you that, I can't tell you that either. You might want to ask what percentage of the thing. Oh, what percentage yeah, of the... Good, very good question. So what percentage is heel and what percentage is... Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I, I want to I can't tell you that either. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're thinking... <laughs> now, if you think you know the answer, send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge... Our Fair City. Mass 02238. Or you can email your answer from cartalk.com. If you'd like to talk about your car, the number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. A lawyer on car. Hi, Tom. Hi, Ray. This is Carspeak from New York. Oh, wait a minute. We need a spelling on this. Oh, not a spelling yet. Another shot at the pronunciation. Carspeak. Car as in car, the automobile. Yeah. Pick as in pin and tick. Carspeak. Carspeak. That's right. So C-A-R-T-H-I? No, it's K-A-R-T-I-K. Oh, Kartik. I love it. It's wonderful. Kartik. And where are you from? Um, well, I live part of the time in New York City and part of the time in Connecticut. Got it. What can, we, what can we do for you? But what you? kind of a name is Kartik? Um, it's uh, South Indian. South Indian. Do you know a guy named Arup Gupta? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd ask. <laughs> sure, I mean, everyone in Every- India must be related. There are only 900 million people. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's up, man? Um, this this is a uh, a problem that I have. It's it's not a um, a huge problem, but it's mainly one of academic interest. Well, good. I'm, it's good to know that you that you know how important the problem is. It, yes, because it it really doesn't bother me very much. But I've always been curious as to why this problem is in my car. Yeah. And um, it's um, a uh, 1993 Infiniti G20. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, what I've noticed is when the car's been driven for you know upwards of 30 minutes or so, and then we come back home and park the car, we get out, um, I can smell this um, sort of chemical smell, which I guess is sort of like sulfur or even close to you know hydrogen sulfide. Yeah. And it's, it's this kind of strange smell that I noticed, and I thought maybe you know, it's just something peculiar to my car over here. And the funny thing is, when I was in India on a holiday, I noticed the same kind of smell coming from the car that we have back home which is an ambassador, which is kind of... Oh. Uh, I thought you were going to say the same kind of smell from some cows. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and I, I, I figured the common factor in these two cars is me. Yeah, well, we, I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> and you, in fact, you could have noticed this smell from cows. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not the case, and I was curious as to what the smell was. Yeah, I've often wondered about that, too. 
Well, <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, I have to ask a question because I don't know the answer to it. Uh, the car that you drove in India, did it have a catalytic converter? I have no clue. You said it was an ambassador. Who makes that? Um, it's made by a company called uh, Hindustan Motors, and I guess it's a descendant of the English Morris Miners. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Do they have unleaded gas in India? Um, no, no, they don't. Okay, I so mean, you... they, do, they do now, but I don't think the ambassador uses unleaded gas. Okay, so the ambassador used leaded gas, and right. I'm surprised it gave you that smell. Equally, it could have come from the other car, which could have been parked near the ambassador, and I might have assumed it was ah, the ambassador. Ah, I like yes, that. I like that. I like too. that. I like that, because it's very unlikely that the ambassador would have a catalytic converter. Okay. And if it doesn't have a catalytic converter, then the same reason that we're going to give you for the G20 smell can't be related to the ambassador smell. Okay. So which one do you want the answer to, ambassador um, or G20? He doesn't care about the ambassador. <laughs> He's never going to drive it again. <laughs> <laughs> but could, could they could they then be having um, the sm both having the same smell for different reasons, and that way that would be good if I knew why the ambassador was smelling uh, the way. No, smell. listen, we're going to be hard pressed to come up with one <laughs> smell and one reason. <laughs> okay. So let's not yeah, push it. But here. to find two smells and one reason that would be that would be just about impossible. To find two smells and two reasons, we might have a shot at yeah, that. We, we could, but, but two <laughs> smells and one reason. That's at, that's beyond reason. Yeah, I mean, and they're oceans apart. <laughs> I mean, give us a break. Several oceans. Maybe all the oceans. <laughs> Maybe five or six oceans apart. <laughs> well, the, the smell from your G20 is coming from the catalytic converter, which is producing hydrogen sulfide gas. Okay, so it was a hydrogen sulfide smell. Then. Yeah. I'm yeah. very pleased with that. Yeah. And that's why it smells like hydrogen, hydrogen sulfide. sulfide. Okay. Uh, and, and catalytic converters are supposed to have in them uh, a certain nickel compound, which is supposed to uh, adsorb this hydrogen sulfide that's being created, and then when the car restarts, it's supposed to do some ma chemical magic and and change the stuff into sulfuric acid, okay, which will rot your exhaust system away and eat out your lungs and all that. But it won't make the smell. <laughs> but certain catalytic converters are, are prone to making the smell. With certain gasolines, by the way, not okay. all gasolines would cause it. Okay. Some gasolines have more higher sulfur content than others. This is I what we've see. been told. Mm -hmm. So you might try switching brands of gasoline, which we've told people before. So if you're burning the same stuff all the time, you might try switching to another brand for several tanks full. Okay. To see if it goes away. But but does it do any damage? It doesn't. It's no. Just that the, yeah, okay. No. Because now I've kind of actually grown fond of the smell. That's oh. bad. <laughs> That's bad. You know, it's one of those comfortable feelings that your car is working well. You know, it's a nice ah, well, see, I could uh, say something, but I won't. It's a classic <laughs> conditioning issue here. Isn't that great to well, know? It's like, it's like your car is emitting a scent. It's, it's, it's like the calf going to its mother. It knows the mother's scent. Yeah. And goes there for nurturing. It just might be reminding me of my car in India. It might it, well oh, be. Oh, yes. It's a nostalgia thing. Absolutely. A, a, a homesick kind of thing. Right. Ah. And it, you know, it's And probably... what is causing the car in India to emanate this odor? Uh, th th that was a question I had as well. <laughs> oh, you asked us that already, didn't <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah, we gave up on that one. <laughs> Kartik, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thanks very much. <laughs> See you later. Thanks a million. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Dorothy calling from Devon, Pennsylvania. Which end of Pennsylvania is Devon? It sounds easty. I'm near Philadelphia. Okay. It has that sound, yeah. What kind of a car do you have? Well, actually, uh, my question actually concerns a Land Rover that my husband and I have in the Okavango Delta of Botswana, uh, oh, where we, we do go. research in a national park. Well, we do a lot of work there. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I called. Yeah, yeah, my brother does a lot of work in the park, too. Yeah. <laughs> They've caught him doing most of it and chased him out. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So this is an area of um, southern Africa where there's this big inland delta and a swamp that's flooded for about four months of the year, and where it's impossible to do any driving at all. But uh -huh. for about the rest of the year, for about eight months, it's possible to drive to our camp, which is in the middle of a national park from the nearest town, which is the town called Mound. And it's about 50 miles away. Yeah. But it's very slow going because there are no roads, and you have to drive through deep sand and some water. Sounds like my ride home every night. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a few years ago, we decided to upgrade our, um, ourselves and trade in our old, ancient 
Toyota pickup truck for a camouflage green Land Rover TD5 diesel truck. Whoa. Yeah. The Land Rover people aptly call it the Defender. Yes. Yeah. And the Defender comes equipped with all sorts of intrepid accessories, like a bull bar for driving over trees. And it really does have the rhino package. Yeah, absolutely. It and you really it. need the rhino package yeah, there. There's about two rhinos left in all of Africa. We might run into it. That's because you guys are running them down with these <laughs> yeah, Defenders. Exactly. Well, this thing could do it, I'm sure. And it's this camouflage green, so the rhinos never see you coming anyway. <laughs> Great. But it also has a snorkel for driving through water. But we've run into a problem. Apparently, the design of the Land Rover is such that the fan is situated very close to the radiator. So if you drive through water any deeper than about 20 inches, the water pushes the fan against the radiator, and the fan shreds the radiator. Oh, they hadn't figured, they hadn't counted on that. So we talked to Land Rover, and their solution is to say, never drive through water any deeper than 18 inches. Ah, the morons. But mechanics in Mound, which I say is a nearby town, are very creative and resourceful, and they resorted to the time-honored solution to every engineering challenge in Botswana. Which Take the piece off. Wire. Wire, wire. is used for everything in Botswana, from you know, plumbing to um, constructing houses, and there's even a kind of genre of wire sculpture. It's like the it's like the shim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the metallic equivalent of the shim. Yeah, right. and so you have deep discussions over beer about which gauge of wire to use. <laughs> Refrigerator wobble, yeah. shim it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So here's their solution. You could, you're driving along, you come to water. You tie the fan down with a bit of wire which you've attached to the chassis of the car. Mm-hmm. So the fan is now in, completely immobile. Mm-hmm. Now you drive through the water, mm-hmm. and after you get out, you stop the car, open the hood, detach the wire, free the fan, and you drive on. Perfect. Perfect. Except here's my question. First, given that you're pushing the car by driving it in extremely hot weather in first gear and in low range, how far can you drive the car with a fan wire down without the engine exploding? Till it boils over. Yeah. Well, first of well, all... how so- far would you be driving through water? Well, it varies, you know. Oh, it could be oh, if miles. You're in, if you're in the water, you don't need the fan. I mean, the way the, radi- the way the cooling system works is it transfers heat from the engine through the radiator core away with air, usually. But now half of the radiator is going to be covered in water. So it doesn't matter. Oh, if any so, part of the radiator is covered with water, the transference of heat so is you got, so much better. You've got much better You know what it's like now? It's like the, the river is your whole radiator. So basically, we should always drive through water. It, when, you, when, uh, whenever possible. Yeah. Sure, just take the fan off. <laughs> That'll you be won't great. need it. Well, see, better. I was thinking better than the wire. You could. You I don't could, like the wire idea. Well, it, it, it's inconvenient. Uh, rather than using the wire, you ought to be able to hook something up where you run a little rod right through the dashboard. Oh. That would just boop, stick into the fan and stop it, so you don't have to get Ooh, out. Oh, no, and I like that. Don't you? All, see, right. all you want to do is stop the fan from turning, and you can do that any way you want. Right, you can stick your leg in there. Stick a big stick in there. You can put a stick. stick. Exactly, a stick would be good. So if you could put a stick that went through the dashboard, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be culturally correct because wire is the product of choice here. Right, they have wire art. If it's wire, explain to us again. What what are you doing there? Well, we study (laughs) baboons. Ah, you want to visit us? You want to come to the show sometime? Yeah, absolutely. We've been doing this for 25 years. You have to drive years, across the Charles River. <laughs> so give us, what's the, what's the most fascinating thing about baboons that, that you've uh, gleaned from your uh, 20, 20 years of study? Well, they live in social groups a lot like humans, and they have you know vendettas and alliances, gossip. Really? Did, did they watch The Sopranos? <laughs> <laughs> They are the Sopranos. They are the Sopranos. Oh, the Sopranos are they. (laughs) Yeah, well, it gives you some idea of how close groups like the Sopranos are to the the simian population. We we haven't come all that far. No, and and in fact, the only thing they don't have is wire. (laughs) Well, you know, and if they had it, they'd maybe one of the only things that separates us from them is speech. Yeah. Well, it may not be speech because they may have enough speech... To work well, speech. But I mean, by speech, I mean the written word and all that. And we think sure. we're so much elevated, we forget how close to them we are. Yeah, you know. And uh, and you're reminding us of that, Dorothy. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> it's been nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your call. Hey, good luck. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Vendettas. Jeez. They have vendettas gossip. and gossip. So I mean, for gossip, how does she know that? How does she? How would she know that? 
20 years. They're talking about her. <laughs> Who, See, she's back again. She, oh, she learned the wire trick. <laughs> I wonder if they know that. She learned the wire trick. Oh, they she's, crossed, they she's can, here a month early. They can cross the river now. Damn. <laughs> yeah, they may know. And uh, do they say, Sonia and he's too I'm sure they do. Well, it's happened again. You've blown off another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, Bongo Boy, not a slave to fashion, Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin the Barbarian and David Rainman Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. And our engineer is John Cartman Parati. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the San Rafael, Tagliatel, Wild Chanterelle, Caramel Baked Stuffed Shell, Royal Gazelle, Black Morel, Steak Nouvelle, and Mortadelle Supper Bell. It's John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Marge Inovera. Our customer care representative is Hayward Jabuzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our staff orthopedist is Denise Hoyt. Our wardrobe advisor is Luke Howard Fitzhugh. Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Mohammed Ahmed Ahmed. <laughs> Our physics graduate student is Laura Venertia. Our conflict resolution specialist is Hugo Arigo. Our <laughs> Russian chauffeur is Peekoff and Dropoff. Our head of front desk security is Constance Noring. Our director of nomadic studies is Roman Hunt. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the summer school derelicts in Harvard Square as Huey Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. And above all, don't drive like my brother. And above all, yes. don't drive like my brother. <laughs> we'll be back next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> CDs of this show, which is number 727, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available by calling 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce Division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, everything you've always wanted to know about donating your used car. But we're far too uninterested to ask. <laughs> if you have an old car that you, that you don't want to bother selling, or you don't want to accept an insulting trade-in offer from a dealer, by the way, I've never received an insulting trade offer for any of my cars. Oh, yeah, and anything other than, get that heap off my lot, was cause for celebration in your case. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, there is an alternative. You can donate your car for the benefit of your local public radio station. It's easy, and details are available all week at cartalk.com. Car Talk is a production of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though Stephen J. Hawking tosses his radio into the nearest black hole whenever he hears us say it, this is NPR, National Public Radio.